There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. So we, well, we have been remiss in celebrating something on the Colleen and Bradley show. My talk 1071. I'm Colleen Lindstrom. Holly Roberts and I are here with you. Bradley is on vacation. Um, Holly, it's a big day. Yeah, it's a big day. Huge day. Did you look at your calendar, Colleen? Um, I did. In fact, I believe it is the 21st day of September. I'm in the right mood. No clouds in the sky. No clouds in the, the sky. It's so true. All right, carry it's on. Like this day was made for Earth, Wind, and Fire Day. Yeah. Um. So yesterday we started this conversation. Okay, setting it all up. What happened was I, for months... Our friend Hannah here at the radio station and I have been the holdouts on Ted Lasso. We've had multiple conversations like, I don't really get it. What's the big deal? Both of us have watched a couple episodes and we were like, I just didn't get into it. It wasn't, I don't know. It just wasn't my show. I don't have that. I don't have that. And, you know, she was like my person. So then on the Emmys on Sunday night, they got a bunch of awards. And I was like, Hannah, what the heck with Ted Lasso? And she's like, I think I'm going to watch it. And I was like, no, you're all I have. You're my person. And then she left me Mm-mm. high and dry. Then Mm-mm. because she's our social media gal, she went on onto the Twitters and the Facebook and the Instas. And she was like, if I can get, if this tweet gets so many likes, Colleen will watch all the episodes of Ted Lasso. Yeah. Hannah trolled you hard. She trolled me super hard. Now, by the way, my husband also trolled me hard because my husband loves Ted Lasso and he has been evangelizing Ted Lasso at our house for months. Nay, a year at least. What does he have to say about? Ted he loves Lasso? it. He's like, it's the best show. And I said, listen, well, why? I what? He said, it's so positive. It's so positive. There's just like, it's just very. It is what the world needs now. And I've heard this from different people. Ted Lasso started, like, came out in the depths of the dark of the pandemic. Yeah. And when we, you know, and we still are there, but we're in a different place. Where, but like then it was just like, what's going to happen? Everything felt really awful and. And so people started watching the show and he said it just was like positivity and it was what he needed at the time. Right. And I tried to watch two episodes and I was like, I don't know. It's kind of sporty. I don't really I'm not into that. Like, I don't really get it. I don't it's I just didn't grab me. And I and I was like, if something doesn't grab me in two episodes right now, I'm not at a time in my life where I want to invest more time in something like that. Yeah, You got a lot going on. And that is not a judgment of other people. That is not uh, hard and fast. There will be other times that I will give it more than two episodes. I just didn't want to give it more than that. We actually watched the first episode again a couple weeks ago, and I still was like, yeah, I don't know. When does it get good? Can we just skip to the good part? But then I'll have a lot of questions, and I just, uh, I don't know if I really want to commit to this right now. 
Well, it's been this very bizarre conversation because what I'm realizing is what I'm more interested in above and beyond Ted Lasso is why is it important to other people for me or other people, meaning like other people in their lives to like something as much as the person who likes it, likes it. Yeah. Yeah. So let me use this as an example, because I did this over dinner last night. I said, it would be like if I went to a restaurant and I had these Brussels sprouts that blew my mind. And I was like, these are the best Brussels sprouts. Amazing. They're amazing. And I said to my husband, for example, honey, you got to try these Brussels sprouts. These are the best Brussels sprouts. And he's like, I don't know. I'm not really into Brussels sprouts. I'll try a couple bites. And then he takes a couple bites and he's like, yeah, I really decided I'm not. These just aren't my Brussels sprouts. If I was like, what do you mean you don't like these Brussels sprouts? These are the most positive Brussels sprouts in the world. You got to eat these Brussels sprouts. I am filled with with Brussels sprouts love. (laughs) I am filled with the joy of Brussels sprouts. You should be too. Now I have a question. Uh Uh-huh. About the stance on Brussels sprouts. Yes. Now, if you were pushing the Brussels sprouts on your husband, Mm -hmm. is this knowing that he likes Brussels sprouts or does he have an active dislike of the sprout? So in this scenario, he's like apathetic to Brussels sprouts. He's like, I don't know. Brussels sprouts are a thing in the world. And like, maybe I'd get into them if they really wowed me. Like if they tasted like, I don't know, bacon. But these are not bacony Brussels sprouts. Do you see what I'm saying? Yes. It's like the, the it's weird to me because you don't push anything in the same way people push television shows. Yeah. Like I liked it so much. I want you to like it so much. But if the other person doesn't like it as much as you do, there's like this weird exchange and it's like okay, so you brought up the difference between show pushing and show curating yeah there's a difference between that now i think the explanation with so show pushing is that when you love a show it becomes a part of you Mm. and so you want to share that part of yourself with other people oh i like this and you want to evangelize it to Mm -hmm. others it's like i'm sharing this part of me I want you to see that part of me, and I want that part of me to be a part of you as well. And so if you reject the show, it's actually a rejection of that part of you. Yeah. Ah. So like with the show pushing in that way, but yeah. the show curation is more like, here's a show. Mm-hmm. I see this show, and I see part of you, you the other person mm-hmm. in that show, and I want you to experience this show because I understand that perhaps this will become a part of you and there's a joy in that. Yes. I don't know if we've solved anything, but well, I, I don't know that we have, but a, I do think there's a yeah. difference and I think it's important to remember that because again, like I said, my curiosity has become less about the show. Listen, you can tell me all about it. My husband talks about it all the time. He's like, it is the most positive show. I'm like, great. I like positive stuff. I have other places where I get positive stuff and I'm in a good space. Thank you. Oh, I don't want my comedy to be positive. Well, see, I and that's don't want my thing. comedy to be positive. I want it to be snarky, satirical, biting, hard. I don't want it to be positive. Right. And then there's this weird judgment, <laughs> too. A, yeah. That's a personal preference. That is a personal preference. And there's this weird judgment that comes with that. If, if you're like, I don't really want to watch Ted Lasso. It's just not my style where people are like, well, then you're going to miss out on the most positive thing you've ever that ever lived. And I'm like, cool, I guess I will. 
Like uh, it's okay, so then. <laughs> so then my question then is now. really about what is it about and I think you kind of did answer that. That that when you're pushing a show so hard, it's about a validation of something within you. Yeah. versus and I assure you guys, I assure you all. I I I love all of you. Yeah. I I will love you even if I don't watch Ted Lasso. You're filled with love. I am filled with love. I am so glad that you found Ted Lasso in your life. I applaud that. Mm-hmm. Unless those ding dang tweets get a thousand likes, I'm probably not going to watch. That being said, please direct yourself to mytalk1071.com <laughs> on social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Please push the show on Colleen. No, only for my personal um, enjoyment. enjoyment. Yeah, I do just want to remind you all, I love you just the way you are. Whether you watch the show or don't watch the show, I'm glad you found the show. If you did, I love you. Just the way you are. When we come back on the Colleen and Bradley show, there was a profile of Nicole Kidman in Harper's Bazaar. I found it to be very fascinating. Specific parts of it more than others. I would like to give you a profile of the profile of Nicole Kidman. Ooh, a report of the report. It's a report of the pr- report. It's a profile of the profile in Harper's Bazaar. Nicole Kidman after this on My Talk 1071. I have come today to the Colleen and Bradley show with a profile of a profile of Nicole Kidman. On the Colleen and Bradley show on My Talk 1071, I'm Colleen Lindstrom. Bradley Trainers on vacation. Holly Roberts and I are here with you. Oh, yeah. And uh, Nicole Kidman is on the cover of next month's or this month's Harper's Bazaar magazine. How do you describe Harper's Bazaar, Holly? Harper's Bazaar is a high fashion magazine. Okay. It's it's a counterpoint to Vogue. It's up in that echelon. It's over there. Yeah, it's it's over there. It's it's right above, you know, all the things we read. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. By the way, it's this month's Harper's Bazaar. Oh, thank um, you. That was released yesterday, and that's why we're talking about it today. Um, because they did a full profile of Nicole Kidman in Harper's Bazaar. Now, the first thing I want to talk about, because we were talking about it a little bit in the break, is the photos that go along with this. Mm-hmm. To your point, super high fashion. Yeah, it's fashion with a capital F. Fashion. Fashion. And let me tell you, Fashion right now is Minnesota interesting. It is definitely Minnesota interesting. <laughs> Minnesota interesting. And as I'm scrolling through the fashion, I am exhausted. And here's why. I think about the logistics of doing a fashion shoot like this, literally. And I think that looks like the most exhausting day. Because she has, I didn't even count, at least 10 looks. And I, and maybe it didn't take place over the course of one day, but it's every like it's a there's a multiple settings. She's it's a job, Colleen. It's a job, She's man. She's performing a job. I Nicole know. Kidman is performing the job, and her job of the day was fashion, fashion. wearing Prada gloves that have a little coin purse attached to the top. Those of things them. are so ugly. Yeah, I know they're really ugly. <laughs> those are those are super ugly. It looks like she's going to go off to the farm later yeah. and uh, give a cow a little bit of an inspection. Yeah, what? but she'll have a place to put her dollar bills while she's doing it. Yeah, Got to keep them dry. Yeah, it just it's a very it's a very it is to your point. It's Minnesota interesting. Um, but it looks exhausting to me. Um, but good on her. Nicole Kidman is a beautiful woman. She is wearing her hair definitely in her natural curls, not in the fake curls that she wore in, um, oh, what was the name of it? 
the un the undoing. Yes. So what is Nicole Kidman talking about okay. in Harper's Bazaar? So, here's so she's why it's making headlines. Yeah. Is because she makes a comment about her marriage to Tom Cruise. Oh, yes. Right yes, here okay. for the goss. Here okay. for the goss. Okay. I'm going to I'm going to need you to ma- I'm going to manage some expectations. Okay. Because I opened the the report of the report thinking, "Oh, I'm going to get some serious juicy goss about her marriage to Tom Cruise." Because we've never gotten a lick of gossip thinking because when Nicole Kidman got divorced from Tom Cruise, she signed some things mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. that meant she's not going to be talking to us about it. So I'm like, oh, great. Here we are. This is our big moment. I'm actually going to need your help because I don't quite understand what she's saying. Great. It is two sentences. Oh, crap. She, I know. She was asked <laughs> about her marriage to Tom Cruise and whether she felt annoyed by the press focusing on their relationship. And her reply, and this is all she wrote about Tom Cruise and her marriage to Tom Cruise. She said, I was young. I think I offered it up like a question. What? Thank you. I was like, what? what? I didn't get anything from that. I offered it up. What does she mean that she offered up the relationship like for the press to have commentary on it? Well, let's deconstruct that a little bit. Right? I offered it up. Now, can you tell me, Colleen, the punctuation at okay. the end of that? Yeah, that will sure. give me a little bit of a clue. Yeah. Quote, I was young, period. I think I offered it up, question mark, end quote. No, you can't have a question mark at the end of that. That's ridiculous. I offered it up. So my read on what Nicole Kidman had to say about her marriage to Tom Cruise was I was young translating i was naive yeah i didn't know what i was getting myself into mm-hmm. i was in love perhaps i made some not so intelligent choices with my personal life that's what i read into that okay i uh, like that i offered it up yeah it was so strange so i offered it up meaning that i was an active participant in this relationship so maybe some of the weird stuff that happened to me, I do take a little personal ownership of in my life, but I cannot answer your questions because there are a hundred documents. A that, yeah, there are a hundred documents that I signed back in 2001. The only thing I can offer you is that photograph of me leaving the attorney's office with my arms up like I'm at the end of the breakfast club. I want club. that on a t-shirt. You know that Nicole Kidman yes. t-shirt. So here's the thing. They were married from 1990 to 2001. And our speculation is simply that they did not agree on on Scientology. That is that has always been the speculation. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game and you can play along. The item might be like this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. ...about what ended their marriage. Um, they, of course, do share two kids, Bella Kidman Cruz and Connor Cruz. 
And to our knowledge, she has not much contact with them. No. Um, And our understanding of that is likely because of her stance on Scientology. Now, what I think is really interesting about that, and this is where I get projecty, is that the way that she talked about their relationship, I was young, I think I offered it up. There is sort of this uh, implication that she was very naive at that time in her life. However, I'm actually, I would love, and we can't because contracts, but the piece I want to hear about is how she, how she did not fall into being persuaded into Scientology. Uh huh. Because Tom Cruise, by all accounts, and just because of how Scientology works, there is an element of it that is like, come to us. Sure. You know, this is what we do. And it's sort of like, it's very, like, um, gradual. Uh-huh. Well, yeah, they're not just going to, you know, be like, okay, now you're in. I yeah, mean, unleash you, all of the bonkers it, on people. Yeah, perhaps there's a persuasion element of it where, you know, it's like, this is my choice. Yes. To join into this thing. But what I am curious about is how she remained strong in that. Because she used the words, I was young, I think I offered it up, which indicates that she has an understanding that she was naive at that time in her life. Yeah. But I don't see that as being naive. I see that as being a strong person with um, strident views and opinions that she was able to stay within that. If indeed this is what happened. And like I said, I'm getting real projecty. That's okay because that's all we have to go on. Right. There are a couple things on days when I'm down that really keep me motivated to keep Keep on keeping yeah. on. One is I want to see the Jerry Lewis movie, The Day the Clown Cried. Mm-hmm. Two, I want Nicole Kidman and Katie Holmes to dish every single thing about their relationship oh. with Tom Cruise. And I know someday I'm going to get that gossip. I'm going to get that movie. Yes. And so we go. I want to watch that episode of Donahue, too. <laughs> yeah. When we come back on the Colleen and Bradley show, celebrities behaving badly, we call them... After this, celebrities behaving badly. We love to tell you about them on the Colleen and Bradley Show, My Talk 1071. I'm Colleen Lindstrom. Bradley Trainers on vacation. Holly Roberts and I are here with you. Oh, yes. And we have a name for these celebrities behaving badly. And what's that name? It's D Bags. Presenting Lord and Lady Douchebag of the Day. Ah. Who's your D Bag today, Colleen? Ooh, I don't know. People are probably not going to agree with me on this, but I'm going to go ahead with it. It's A.J. McLean. A.J. McLean, controversial. Right? D-bag. I don't know. why. I mean, why Why are people not going to agree with you? Well, because a lot of people were really excited because he was in Duluth over the weekend. Did you know that? Well, big deal. I mean, okay. Congratulations, ah, A.J. McLean. Duluth. You found Duluth. Slow clap for you. Just because you're in Minnesota, Colleen, doesn't disqualify you from being being a celebrity D-bag. Thank you. He was in Duluth. He was there for a buddy's wedding. And um, the reason that I'm making him my D-bag for this is because he did a lot of social media-ing on his way here. Um, He did some videos on his TikTok. He did some Twitter stuff. And uh, one of the things he did is complain about the fact that there are no Ubers or cabs in Duluth. He did us a video on his TikTok where he made up his own song. We cannot play it because he does swear. Mm -hmm. Damn Duluth, you ain't got no Ubers. Damn Duluth, you ain't got no cabs. Damn Duluth, trying to get to my buddy's wedding. Damn Duluth, where the bleep you at? He sang. 
Now, I'm here to tell you, having been to Duluth on numerous occasions, um, they do have cabs and Ubers, actually, in Duluth. Both. Both. What do you know? They just what weren't you know? apparently responding to him in a timely fashion. And so he wanted to make it sound like here in Minnesota, in the hinterlands, we don't have no cabs and we don't have no Ubers. Also, Duluth, not really a small town. No. Okay. I see. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. He also went on uh, to just talk about how long it took him to get there. It took him so long. Um it was. It's just like a really far journey to get to all the way to Duluth, but once he got there, he actually called it. By the way, bum bleep Egypt. Some people would abbreviate that. Abbreviate that BFE. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he began his travels at two a.m. to get to Duluth. It was a very long journey for him, but once he got there, he saw a beautiful sight. Lake Superior. Uh, then and his it, heart opened. It brought him peace. He said he'd never seen something so serene and beautiful in all his life. Uh, it was a little taste of heaven. It's just this is why he's my D-bag. It's like this perpetuating the notion that we here in the Midwest are so far from being connected to any type of reality that, say, they are in L.A. or New York, you know. No, we're fine. Thanks. We're fine. We know We have beautiful things. Duluth is a wonderful city. I love Duluth. I'm sorry it took you so long to get there, A.J. McLean, and I'm sorry that once you got there, you weren't satisfied with your transportation options. Sounded like A.J. McLean needed a nap. Oh, yeah. (laughs) He was tired. But that's the thing. So having experienced living in the Midwest and also having experienced living on both coasts of the Mm -hmm. United States, I will say this. When you live in the Midwest, you have an understanding of space and geography that Quite frankly, you really don't need if you're in New York or Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. You just don't need it. So then when you actually have to confront that there is a world yeah. outside of these metropolitan areas, to you, it's right. like you are in the middle of nowhere. And oh, my God, I'm so tired. It's two in the morning. I had to take a plane to Minneapolis. Oh, and then I had so to hard. take a plane here. And so it's so hard. hard. And it's so hard. AJ. The Uber wasn't picking me up, even though there totally are Ubers in that place. Mm-hmm. And guess what? There's electricity, running water and toilets. Yes. And I, when I uh, spent some time out on the East Coast, um, I had a friend that once legitimately asked me. How many cows do you have? And I was like, we have zero cows. And they were like, you're lying. You live in Minnesota. And I said, I live in Minneapolis. It is a city. Yeah. And he goes, do you not have cows then? And I said, I just told you I don't have a cow. I have a dog, but no cow. Literally, I, mean, I literally don't have you a cow. You didn't have a cow man. Yeah, you didn't, I didn't have a cow. You man. didn't have that. Yeah. yeah. So that's just, you know, AJ McLean just has that attitude that sometimes is pervasive where it's like you wherever you you like in L.A., that's the center of the universe. Right. And, you know, and and let's, uh, you know, let let me be clear. Geographically speaking, Los Angeles is a big darn town. Right. It's huge. Right. But you don't have to travel in time and space. Right. And that when you do actually have to travel in time and space, your perspective on things is just like. Oh wow! Oh, there's wow. a, there's there's a, a world out there, here. There's a world such there's as more. There's but wait, there's, there's more. more. 
So maps. Yeah, yeah, such as maybe Agent McLean needs one. Got one on your phone, honey. No, I'm glad Uh, he came to Duluth. I'm glad he saw Lake Superior. I'm glad he enjoyed it. I wish he would not have uh, done his part to perpetuate the notion that we are, you know, fly over land. Mm -hmm. Thank you very much. Yeah, I hope you had a good time. It it looks like you did. Good. Holly, who's your diva? Also, I would like to just say, if he wore that to the wedding, we're in trouble. As a society. Well, there's a lot of things that Agent Queen wears <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> that are very troubling as a society. Okay, sorry. I'm done now. Yeah. Who's your D-bag? Did he wear a fedora? Uh, in this, in the pictures, he's wearing like a stocking cap. You know, because it's Duluth. It's it's always snowing. It's always snowing in Minnesota. It's so cold here. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I think he's the kind of person that wears a knit hat. Yeah, it in, doesn't in matter In Los the Angeles, it matters it's 100 not. degrees. It, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Daniel Craig's my D-bag of the day. Oh, yes, I'm here for this. Go on. Congratulations, Daniel Craig, Mr. James Bond himself, making a statement about the future of the franchise. Mm. He's out doing a little press. No Time to Die is finally, finally, finally going to be in theaters on October 8th. That's the latest installment of the James Bond franchise. That movie was supposed to come out in April of 2020. Yeah, a long time ago. A long time ago. It's finally here. It's Daniel Craig's last time playing James Bond. We don't know who's going to be playing James Bond 007 in the next iteration of the franchise, but bet your bottom dollar there's going to be one. And he has an opinion on who should play James Bond. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. He said that James Bond definitely should not be played by a woman. He said he thinks that there are better parts for women to play than James Bond. Daniel Craig told the Radio Times, quote, why should a woman play James Bond when there should be a part just as good as James Bond, but for a woman? Okay, I have... He said he would rather write new characters specifically for women rather than make James Bond 007 into a woman. Great. Mm-hmm. So how, what is he doing to help advance that yeah. project yeah, out I of want, curiosity. Yeah. Let's let's look at that. Let's like dissect what he actually yeah. had to say in that statement. There should be a part just as good as James Bond, but for a woman. Great. Key word in that? Should. Should. Yeah. Should. Yeah. Is there? No. No. <laughs> and also, again, I would ask you, Then, Daniel Craig, how are you helping advance that? Number one. Number two, and it's a big number two, part of of what makes that 007 such a prestigious role is because of the history of it, because of the longevity of it, because of the fact that many people have inhabited that role, because that franchise has spanned decades. Yes. You... I don't know that you can set out to create that mm-hmm. on the front end, mm-hmm. right? And so, yeah, I, I, I was going to say I hear what he's saying. I don't. I don't actually. I heard the words he said. You don't have that. I don't have that because, no, actually, the what would be important would be to show, to your previous point, Holly, the 007 is not a person. 007 is not a man. De- 007 is not... 007 is uh is can be inhabited by any number of bodies. Yeah, and there's rumor that in No Time to Die that an actress named Lashana Lynch is going to play an agent named Nomi with rumors that she's going to inherit the 007 title from James Bond in this movie. 
So there's actually rumor that in No Time to Die, that's going to be happening. Okay, so then I have a wondering about this. Mm-hmm. Is this just Daniel Craig trying to throw us off the scent? You know, but then he's being a d bag. Well, it, I don't think necessarily he's throwing us off the scent. I think that Daniel Craig is taking a talking point from the producer of the James mm. Bond franchise, Barbara Broccoli, because she told Variety last year that James Bond is male. And she said that, and she's the one in charge. Daniel Craig being the hired help, essentially, for the right. franchise. He's the one playing the character. Right. Perpetuating, He's the face of it right Yeah, now. perpetuating those talking points and sending out what the producers want him to send out about the James Bond film franchise. So that's what he's saying. Uh, I hear you, Colleen, mm-hmm. and perhaps he could be taking us in a different direction for the movie because if we've heard these rumors, maybe... Since the movie's been in the can for a year and a half right. and ready to go, how do we garner up talk and hype about this? Yeah, if we act like it's not a thing and then it becomes a thing, yeah, then that'll get eyeballs on it. Exactly. I and, don't know, Daniel Craig, I don't know. And they're thirsty for eyeballs. That's true. Because this movie needs to get... It, it's been start and stop and start and oh, stop. Oh, yeah. And then just the role of the James Bond franchise in the world such as like, what are we, what are we going to do after Daniel Craig is gone? We don't know. Nobody knows. And if we know anything about James Bond is that this franchise lives on hype. Well, it is, it has been going on for years. Don't think for one second, this franchise is going to die with Daniel Craig, meaning like that, that this, like there is, this is, there's not an end to it because it has no time to die. There is no time to die. Not October 8th. That's for sure. At the movie theater. Yeah. If you want to watch it. Barbara Broccoli, please send me a thank you. You're welcome. (laughs) When we return on the Colleen and Bradley show, I'm super excited because we actually have an anti-D-bag. There are times that we end up finding so many D-bags in the world that we have to create another segment just to house them. And then there are times that um, a hero shows up. And this hero's name is Stephen Kojikaro. And we're going to talk about why he's our anti-D-bag, nay, our hero, after this on My Talk 107.1. This is the Colleen and Bradley show on My Talk 107.1. Colleen Lindstrom, Bradley trainers on vacation. Holly Roberts and I are here with you. Greetings. Greetings and salutations. We I'm so excited about this because sometimes we are filled with negativity and some days... A positive thing just makes its way to our laps. Yes. Um, Plops right down. It plops right down. So we have like an actual anti-D-bag today. Somebody we want to celebrate. Um, So it all starts. Here's where the story begins. I'll tell you where the story is going to end. Stephen Kojikaro is going to show up and save the day. It starts with a conversation we had yesterday about the Emmys. Holly introduced us to our brand new fashion correspondent on the Colleen and Bradley show. Holly would you like to reintroduce that fashion correspondent? Yeah. So our new Team Cobra fashion correspondent, first ever fashion correspondent, is my three-year-old nephew, Jasper. He's such a rock star. Jasper loves fashion. Jasper loves design. Jasper loves color. And so we were like, hey, buddy, you want to do some red carpet commentary on some of the fashions at the Emmys red carpet? And he was totally down for it. And he delivered he certainly did. Yeah. <laughs> Jasper has strong opinions, and I love this about Jasper. He and served it up. He for sure did. Also, like, was definitely, like, not cool with Catherine Hahn's whole look, but loved the necklace 
Because the necklace was blue. Love that Jasper was able to find something positive yes. out of something that he wasn't particularly a fan of. Okay, so <laughs> we, of course, thought Jasper did a wonderful job. Holly, uh, you know, packaged that up and put it on a post on the internet. And then our uh, social media people pushed it out into the universe. As they do. As they do. And then I quote tweeted it the following. Move over. Kojo official, that's Stephen Kojikaro, formerly of E! News. And Entertainment Tonight. And Entertainment Tonight. It's, it's a, a real, real good show. show. And then I said, actually, don't, because we're obsessed with you. But there's a new fashion commentator in town. Holly's adorable nephew, Jasper, has hot Emmy fashion takes. And I linked to this. And do you know what happened at 824 in the PM yesterday evening? I lost all of my chill. When I saw on the Twitters that the one and only Stephen Kojikaro replied and not only replied like, hey, thanks. Great. Have a nice day. Bye. Yeah. Like, who are you? You weirdos opened up the story and listened to the audio of sweet, wonderful, amazing Jasper. All couple minutes of it because he wrote the following. Jasper is destined for fashion commentary Star superstardom. He has a way with words, a spectacular eye for color, and instinctively consents horrible nightmare-inducing fashion. I thought Emma's claws were silly too, Jasper. All the best, your fan, Kojo. Aww. I got goosebumps. That was, you know, that was so sweet because he didn't have to do anything. You no. know, our, like behind the scenes, the Twitter algorithm has fought has brought us Stephen Kojikaro and his fashion commentary and behind the scenes we've been commenting on how we like it and how there's a there's a bite and a snark to it and, and we've just been enjoying it so it's like okay yeah we're gonna you decided to quote tweet tag him in it yes fun nothing's gonna come of it yes he replied that like honestly we never we do that kind of stuff all the time Sometimes a little bit for attention, but also just because I, Stephen Kojikaro, he hasn't been working um, since, oh boy, it's been a while. Um, like 2008, I think, was the last time we really saw him. Um, but he, he just hasn't been in the public in the same way that he had been. Yeah. Um, like you said, he used to be on entertainment tonight. He, uh, he worked with people magazine. He worked with the insider access Hollywood, the today show. He, he, he had like a real career. Yes. He just hasn't been out front a lot lately, but I had found him on Twitter. He showed up on um i believe it was when we were watching the met gala or maybe it was at the the vmas mm-hmm. and he had some hot takes again and i was like ooh stephen kojikaro i completely forgot about how wonderfully you know colorful his commentary is when it comes to fashion so he was sort of on the radar so i i added him into that tweet and he replied that, and that is so that that's sweet because you know and especially you know for the kids yeah. where it's like you find something that, you know, you have a kid in your life and they're really into something. Mm-hmm. And if you can give them positive reinforcement about whatever that is. Yeah. Now, you know, Jasper doesn't know Stephen Coach Carl from anybody. But, you know, I told his mom about it. Yeah. And she and knows. And she's my sister. Yep. So naturally she knows because she is right tapped in 
to yep. the pop culture vein like we are. So uh-huh. it was just like a wonderful surprise, a wonderful uplifting moment on Twitter because goodness knows that place is a dumpster fire part. Oh, man. And you scroll through it and you're just like, woof. Yeah, woof is right. Woof this stinks. But here was a little spot of happiness and positivity and excitement in our life. And I wanted to ask you, Holly, as I know, it is hard to get three-year-olds to commit to anything. But I am wondering if you think Jasper will be able to return as our fashion correspondent on my Talk 1071's Colleen and Bradley show. I think with the right negotiation tactics, mm. we can have Jasper give color commentary on all of the fashions. I think that he will award season happens. Also, if you wanted to do a special spooky seasons fashion oh. spectacular, because I will let you know that this is a kid who rocks Halloween three sixty. Well, I would like to. I'd like to lean into that and really utilize that because you know, inevitably, come Halloween, we are going to be treated to, especially on the Daily Mail, the parade <laughs> yeah. of celebrity Halloween costumes. That's right. So I would like to. I believe that Halloween occurs on a Sunday, if I'm not wrong. It's October 31st. Every year, you are correct. But I wanted to... It's on a Sunday. It is on a Sunday. So what I would like to do, if you will commit to that, is I would like to get his Sunday night takes with all of the celebrity, because they'll be going to Halloween parties in the whole nine yards, and then we can play that on the following Monday. You know what? We're going to have... That feels like a sweet spot. Team Cobra Spooky Season Fashion Spectacular. With Jasper. With Jasper. I love him. (laughs) <laughs> Seriously, I love him so much. Oh, he's a good little guy. He's a good little guy. And like you said, was able to find something positive, even with the scary, too scary claws. Yeah. He wasn't sure he wanted to say he didn't like it. He couldn't commit right off the bat. But yes, those claws gave people nightmares. Uh huh. Thank you to Jasper. And thank you, seriously, truly, to Stephen Kojikaro for just making our day. It was such a silly totally. little moment. But we loved it so much. Yes. Um, and that was just, I, like I said, I lost all of my chill when that came through. It I was, was great. Like, no all caps way. text. I texted Holly, Stephen Kojikaro replied to our tweet. I have no chill. Which is usually like how I operate anyway. Okay, when we come back on the Colleen and Bradley show, when was your Grandpa Simpson moment? Like, when did you realize that you were old? And not with it. And no longer with it. 651-641-1071. Was it when you didn't know who Stephen Kojikaro was? Yeah. That could have been it. 651-641-1071 after this.